Merry Christmas. What, a, what an exciting night to be able to gather to celebrate the greatest act of love in all of history. Bar none, the greatest act of love in all of history. And as we prepare our hearts for the celebration of Jesus' birth, his coming, let's explore how the expected Christ, born in a humble stable, remains a central focus. And really the, the, cent- the central focus of the sacred Christmas season. And he's really the only one who exceeds expectations. The only one who exceeds expectations is profound love, this act of love in Christ's coming. Picture with me a child eagerly awaiting the arrival of Christmas morning. Just like the anticipation of of opening those gifts, we too can find expectancy in the hope and the joy and the love and the peace that we can find in Christ. And just like that child knows that those gifts come from a loving family, we too know that those very gifts that Jesus has brought us come from our Heavenly Father, who sent the greatest gift of all, His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Now, to fully appreciate the expectancy of, of Jesus' birth, I think it's essential to consider the, the context provided through the Old Testament prophecies. These prophecies found in, in the various books of the Old Testament, starting with the very first book of Genesis, speak of the, the coming Messiah. In fact, the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah arrival date centuries before Jesus' birth. But they, they built the expectancy. Isaiah foretold of a child who would be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And then later in Isaiah 11, uh, he gives us prophecy that the Messiah, the promised one, would come from the shoot of Jesse. And he would bring justice and righteousness. And these prophecies created an atmosphere of hope, an atmosphere that, of longing among the Jewish people, especially when they were ruled by foreign powers. The historical and cultural context of Christ's birth was that the Jews were under Roman rule. The Jewish people were subjected to Roman authority. And so they, they, they wanted the Messiah to come. They expected him to come. They, they wanted one who would liberate them from their oppression and would also establish this new kingdom. The ancient city of Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, was significant. And prophesied that he would be born there, but also it was significant because it, it, it said that in scripture that he would be from the lineage of David, and David is associated with Bethlehem. And so these prophecies were foretelling of the coming Christ, building expectancy among the people of God. That the birth of Jesus fulfilled perfectly these Old Testament prophecies. And there's well over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament. Some of them very specific, where he'd be born, how he would die. And he fulfilled them all. The expenses extending from these prophecies underscore the anticipation of the Savior who would bring spiritual redemption and serve as the ultimate fulfillment of God's plan. Catch this tonight. This cultural and historical context deepens our understanding of the significance of Christ's birth and the expectancy it carried for the Jewish people, and ultimately for each and every one of us who believe. In fact, in fact, the Old Testament prophecies and backgrounds surrounding Christ's birth provide the foundation for expecting more for our lives. Expecting more for our lives. The Christmas account takes us to a quiet town in Nazareth where we find a young lady named Mary who was chosen for a divine purpose. 
the angel Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, was sent to her with a message that would echo throughout eternity. Consider, it was this visitation that would shape the destiny of humanity. In Luke 1.23, the angel addressed Mary, Greeting, O favor one, the Lord is with you. And Mary was deeply troubled and pondered the angel's words. Can you imagine? And then we read in Luke 1, 30 through 31, that the angel reassures her. He says, do not be afraid, Mary. Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And she will call his name Jesus. I mean, think about it. It was a sacred moment where Mary's heart swelled with a mix of, of awe and apprehension. And how would she reply? Luke 1.38 tells us. She said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. With Mary's faithful acceptance, with Mary's faithful acceptance, the answer to the long-lasting expectancy of this miraculous birth of the Messiah began to take shape. And here it is. Mary's trust in God's plan and willingness to be part of his divine design set the stage for a profound event a profound event that would bring salvation to the world, salvation to you, to me. That's why we're here to celebrate. Meanwhile, Joseph, who was betrothed to Mary, also known as a righteous man, was visited by an angel in a dream. In Matthew 1.20, we read that the angel says to him in this dream, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And so here's Joseph, a carpenter by trade, being told in this dream by an angel, don't fear, I have a plan for you. Go along with the plan, trust me. And he does, he's chosen to be the earthly father of God's son. Now, by the way, that's a responsibility. <laughs> and the angelic visitation brought clarity and peace to his heart, and he obediently took Mary as his wife. As Joseph and Mary, filled with faith and anticipation, embarked on their journey to Bethlehem, a city that was bustling with people who had all sort of congregated for the census that was taking place. The world was unaware of the miracle that was about to take place right there in that city. The stage was set. And the answer to God's people's expectancy of the miraculous birth of Jesus, the promised Messiah, was drawing near. I mean, think about it tonight. Think about it. The birth of Jesus, the Savior, would fulfill prophecies and bring hope, redemption, and eternal joy to each and every one of us. In fact, it's this announcement, this annunciation, this, this pronouncement of Christ's birth that provides us with a greater understanding of how our expecting more of our lives is to be fulfilled and who it's to be fulfilled in. The Gospel of Luke, Luke 2.7, tells us, And she, Mary, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. I, I mean, it's, it's totally mind-blowing to me that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our, our Savior, entered the world not in a palace or amid grandeur, but in the lowly stable in the company of livestock. I, I mean, this choice was deliberate. It was intentional. God had chosen this. 
and it carries a profound message that God's love is acceptable to each and every one of us, regardless of our social status or worldly standing. The, the humble surroundings of the stable epitomize the humility of the Christ child and his mission to bring salvation to everyone. No matter what our past, no matter what our pedigree, no matter how we feel about ourselves or what others have told us, God says, no, I love you. I have provided salvation for you. It's all because of the humility of God. Paul writes in Philippians 2, 6 through 8, Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Through Jesus being born in in these modest circumstances, God sent a powerful message that his grace was available to all of us, even the downtrodden, especially the downtrodden. The birth of Jesus in a stable in Bethlehem epitomizes the depth of God's love and his desire to bridge the gap between divinity and humanity, offering salvation to all who believe, regardless, regardless of our station in life. In fact, Jesus' humble birth in Bethlehem and a stable provides us with a greater understanding of the very character and heart of the one and only one who can exceed our expectations. The first who received news of Christ's birth were shepherds. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds in the fields near Bethlehem, they were filled with fear and amazement, which makes perfect sense. They were out there just doing their shepherding business, and the angels sort of appear and, and make this proclamation. And I think all of us would be a little apprehensive in that moment. And the angels and angelic hosts proclaim glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Glory among God, and peace among those who he is pleased. And the shepherds, overwhelmed by divine revelation, hurried to Bethlehem to see the newborn Savior. I mean, their hearts were filled with joy and wonder as they found Mary and Joseph and and the baby Jesus, just as the angels had proclaimed. And then we read in Luke 2.20, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Can you imagine going through the streets of Bethlehem as they were telling people what they had seen, what they had been told, heading back out to the fields? In fact, the account of the shepherds and their reaction to Christ's birth provides us with hope that each one of us can come to our expectant Lord. All of us can come to our expectant Lord. The birth of Jesus has profound significance for all of us. Consider the incarnation, the fulfillment of the promise that God would be with us, the divine event as foretold in the Old Testament and revealed in the New Testament, carries a a deep implications for us that ought to really shape the way that we believe and the way that we live our lives and our understanding of life itself. The term incarnation refers to the profound mystery of God taking human flesh upon his divinity. Think of it this way. God took upon himself what he had never been, human, and placed it upon what he has always and always will be, divine. That's what happened when Jesus was born. John 1.14 describes it this way. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. I really like the way that the message translation of the New Testament words it. 
It says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. We saw the glory of our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son. Generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Now there's a profound love. That God didn't wait for us to reach out to him. He came to us. He knew we couldn't bridge the gap, and so he bridged it for us. The incarnation signifies the divine becoming human without ceasing to be God, the eternal entering into the temporal realm, bridging the gap between God and man. And this act, this profound act of, of love, demonstrates God's immense desire to be intimately connected with each and every one of us as his creation. The fulfillment of the prophecy that God would be with us, a central theme to the birth of Jesus. The promise is found in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, Isaiah 7, 14. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. I mean, the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem fulfills this prophecy. And his name Emmanuel signifies God has not abandoned us. And I want to say that to you tonight again, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you see in the world. God has not abandoned us. In fact, he's dwelling among us through his spirit. The incarnation, God being with us, underscores God's desire to be present in our lives, to save us from our sins, to offer us the gift of eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. In the birth of Jesus, what do we witness? We witness the divine reaching out and establishing a bridge so we can have a relationship with our God through Jesus Christ. The incarnation exemplifies God's love, grace, and willingness to share the human experience, ultimately leading to our redemption as Christ bore the cross. The birth of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, serves as the cornerstone of our faith, reminding us of the extraordinary connection between the creator and his creation and the promise of salvation through Jesus. That's why we've gathered to celebrate to celebrate the most profound act of love in all of history. In fact, Christ's birth opened the door for each of us who receive him as Savior and Lord to find the hope, the love, the joy, the peace, and ultimately salvation in the expected one. The salvation we expected and the salvation we need. Think about it tonight. Jesus represents the embodiment of hope. He represents the embodiment of hope as it symbolizes his arrival of the promised Messiah. The fact that he brought redemption to you and to me. Jesus' birth demonstrates the boundless love of God for humanity for he sent his one and only son to not only be born but to die, to be resurrected, to be our living savior. The joy surrounding the birth of Jesus is evidence of the angelic proclamation. Good news of great joy, the angel said. And his arrival brings joy and celebration, not only for the shepherds, but for each of us here tonight who believe. The Prince of Peace, another title given to Jesus, epitomizes the longing for peace that only he can bring, and he brought it as coming, and will be totally fulfilled when he returns. Lastly, Jesus' birth lays the foundation for salvation that would lead him to the cross where he died for our sins and was resurrected for our salvation. Today, 
on this very night. We believers expectantly await the return of our Lord and Savior when he'll take us into a never-ending future in paradise with him. But as we've gathered, as we've gathered for this Christmas service, let's consider. Consider the expectant birth of the expectant birth of Jesus, how it fulfills our deep longings of hope, love, joy, peace, and salvation by not only representing the embodiment of each of these, but also the one who offers and provides them to all who receive him as Lord and Savior. So Jesus doesn't just embody it. His gift is we can receive it tonight. We receive it by trusting in him for our salvation, and we receive it as believers by continuing to trust him in the midst of the circumstances of life. Isn't that true? No matter what we go through, to say, Lord, this may be a tough circumstance, but we know that there's victory in you. We know there's love in you. We know there's hope in you. We know there's joy in you. We know there's peace in you. Imagine with me a child's delight when they receive a Christmas gift that far surpasses their greatest dreams. Can you think back, maybe in your childhood, I bet many of us can, some maybe not, but many of us probably can, that one gift you got that you thought, man, this is way beyond what I ever could have imagined. For me, it was a dog one Christmas. I had for many, many years brought many books about dogs home from the library. Many a book. Mom, would you read this to me? And every year, no dog. And so that Christmas morning when we were sitting there around the Christmas tree and all of a sudden a little dog ran up next to me and I realized it hadn't snuck into our house, but it was ours. That was a gift beyond expectations. Something I'll never, ever forget. And by the way, like every kid, I did not fully fulfill the promise that I would take care of it. <laughs> that was truly a gift of love from my parents. In Christ, in Christ, we've been given the gift of salvation that exceeds all expectations. A hope that's unshakable, a love that's boundless, a joy that's everlasting, a peace that surpasses our understanding. Consider on this night that we've gathered to celebrate the greatest act of love in all of history. That just as a humble stable became the birthplace of the King of Kings, we can find hope, love, joy, and salvation in most unexpected places and circumstances, such as this Christmas Eve service, when we open our hearts to the Christ's presence. I ask you tonight, where are you on this, at this Christmas Eve service? Now, where are you sitting? Where's your heart? Is your heart heavy? Is it burdened? Have you received the greatest gift of all, salvation in Jesus Christ? It's available to you tonight. And it's not available by, by what you or I do. It's available by what Christ has already done. That's the great gift, the great act of love. He's already paid the price for us to be in relationship with him. Maybe you've made that decision, but tonight, if you were to be honest, you'd say, I'm struggling for hope. I'm struggling for peace. In just a moment when I pray, won't you let the, the love, the hope, the peace, the joy of Christ just flood over your soul? Let him meet you where you're at. Be honest with him. Sometimes we're so scared to tell God what we're going through as if he doesn't know. He knows. And he loves you. 
He knew our predicament and he came. He's with us tonight. The greatest act of love. Receive it, embrace it. Let this be more than a service. Let it be a time where we literally meet with the living Lord. Amen, church? Let's pray. Father God, tonight we thank you so much for the greatest act of love in all of history. The coming of the expectant one, Jesus Christ, foretold in the Old Testament, revealed in the New. We come before you tonight and we understand that, that all of us come from different places in life and different places on our spiritual journey, whether we're here in this room or watching online and wherever we're at, Lord God, you promise in your word to meet us where we're at. And if we've yet to receive you as Lord and Savior, there's no greater gift to receive on this Christmas Eve service night than you. Salvation, the fullness of life that can only be found in you. So dear Lord, I pray that in the quietness of their heart, the person who maybe tonight is saying, I need to receive that gift, that in the quietness of their heart, they say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your gift of love, for coming for dying on the cross for my sins, for being resurrected, for my salvation. Thank you that the story of Easter cannot be separated from the story of Christmas, that both together speak of your profound love and care for each and every one of us. And Lord, wherever we find ourselves tonight, maybe we've made that decision days, weeks, years ago, but we were to be honest, we'd say, Lord, I need a fresh, fresh dose of that hope. A renewed understanding of your love special touch of your joy I need that peace that surpasses under all understanding Lord thank you that you offer to us in you we give you the praise we celebrate you at this Christmas Eve service thank you for loving us so extravagantly may none of us leave this place leave this time of worship without doing the appropriate business of receiving your love and then proclaiming your love as we scatter throughout this region in your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.